Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the resident review. Uh, this is Nicholas Olick and Hannah Langdell, Duke Plastic Surgery Residents. And today we are continuing our quick hit series with a review of melanoma. Do you want to get us started, Hannah? Sure. So we'll start by discussing some of the pathophysiology. The epidermis consists of four later four layers from deep to superficial. These are the stratum basale, the stratum spinosum, the stratum granulosum, and the stratum corneum. Melanocytes are present in the stratum basale layer, and this is where melanoma arises, which is something we've been asked recently in the in-service. So risk factors for melanoma are, of course, UV exposure, uh, age, 50% of melanomas occur in patients older than 50, prior skin cancer diagnoses, family history, and they are more common in males, which in males, they're often seen in a trunk in the head compared to females where they're more commonly seen in the lower extremities. Fitzpatrick skin types one and two patients are at highest risk, as well as those with lighter hair color. Okay, so there are several predisposing conditions. So if patients have more than 50 typical moles, this can predispose to melanoma. Uh, dysplastic nevus is also a predisposing condition, and this is uh, comprised of atypical melanocytes that have a potential for, transfer, for uh, transformation, and there's a 6-10% risk of malignant degeneration. Atypical mole syndrome, and this is also known as familial atypical multiple mole melanoma, it's quite a mouthful, or FAM, triple M. And this is uh, a syndrome where there's more than 100 melanocytic nevi, one or more that measures greater than eight millimeters, and one or more with clinically atypical features. And this is associated with a 10% risk of melanoma. And there are also several melanoma growth patterns that were tested on. So the first pattern is superficial spreading. And this is the most common growth pattern and is in about 50 to 70% of cases. And it is the growth pattern when the melanoma arises from a pre-existing nevus. And it is um, a long horizontal growth phase. Nodular is a very aggressive subtype that makes up to makes up uh, 15 to 30% of all cases. And there's increased incidence in men. And this arises de novo in normal skin. Lintigo maligna melanoma is also called Hutchinson's freckle. This is technically considered a precancerous lesion, but should be excised with one centimeter margins due to its uh, malignant potential. Acral lentiginous melanoma. This is found in the palms and soles, and that's kind of the key word there. And this is more common in uh, non-Caucasian patients. And this may present with melanikia, which is linear pigmented streaks in the male. Benign juvenile melanoma which is also called spitz nevus, spindle cell nevus, or epithelioid nevus. This is a red or pink lesion that appears on the face. And then histology will show giant spindle cells and complete excision is recommended. So one area to look out for that people might not always remember is the subungual melanoma. And risk factors for this are age greater than 50, and then if the width of the lesion is greater than three millimeters, if there's changes in color over time, or there's pigmentation of the periungal, periungal skin, these are all uh, factors that should raise your suspicion. 
So again, a common question is how to, how to differentiate a subungual hematoma from melanoma. So a hematoma, you'll have a pigmented area that will migrate distally over three to four weeks, whereas a melanoma will not. A Hutchinson nail sign, this is an extension of brown or black pigment from the nail bed and matrix and nail plate to the adjacent cuticle and the proximal or lateral nail folds, and this may indicate melanoma. So diagnosis, uh, you'll need a full thickness biopsy of the nail bed. For treatment, surgical management of these lesions is controversial, but in general, the treatment will be based on the depth of the lesion. Melanotic hyperplasia may be observed. Melanoma in situ or melanoma dysplasia can be treated with wide local excision only, while more advanced disease may require amputation. So in general, for melanoma staging, we think about the Breslow depth, and this is the thickness in millimeters. And we also consider the Clark's level, which is the histologic invasion through the skin layers. The Breslow thickness is the most important prognostic variable. And there's a grading system. So for grade one, this is anywhere from zero to 0.75 millimeters of thickness. Grade two is 0.76 to 1.5 millimeters. Grade three is 1.51 to 4 millimeters. And grade four is anything greater than four millimeters deep. Uh, if excision upgrades the Breslow stage, there's no need to re-excise, especially if it's less than two millimeters thick. A sentinel lymph node biopsy is indicated in melanomas greater than 0.8 millimeters of thickness, and if there is ulceration. Some of the immunohistochemical markers that you'll look for to indicate melanoma are S100, HMB45, and MART1. If a patient has visceral metastases other than in the lung, this is a very poor prognosis. And also elevation of LDH uh, confers a bad prognosis. Nick, do you want to go through some of the uh, treatment for melanoma? Sounds good. Uh, so the primary treatment for melanoma is going to be excision. Um, and the margins that we're going to take around the lesion is going to be, again, based on that uh, tumor thickness or depth. So for an in-situ lesion, our recommended margins are 0.5 centimeters. For a less than one millimeter uh, tumor thickness, margins are going to be one centimeter. For one to two millimeters, margins are going to be one to two centimeters. For two to four millimeters, our margins are two centimeters. And for greater than four, our margins are two centimeters. Uh, and as far as our depth of excision, uh, we're going to excise to the level of the fascia, uh, but not including the fascia. Some special considerations, we mentioned this before, but for lentigo maligna or a Hutchinson's freckle, our margins are going to be one centimeters. Uh, Sentinel-lipno biopsies are a staging procedure and are not therapeutic. Again, indications are, are greater than 0.8 millimeters in depth or if the lesion is ulcerated. Some special treatment considerations uh, for lentigo maligna or the Hutchinson's freckle, some other options other than that one, millimeter, one centimeter uh, excision that we mentioned are topical uh, imiquimod. Uh, and this is a immune response modifying agent. And this is an alternative to surgical excision in poor surgical candidates or patients who, refer, who refuse surgical intervention. Um, adjuvant therapy is typically guided by our surgical oncology colleagues, um, but this may involve interferon, radiation therapy, chemotherapy, or immunotherapy. Um, just some miscellaneous topics or facts about melanoma. Uh, for pregnant patients, resection should be completed with local during the first trimester 
and second trimester may undergo general anesthesia for a central lymph node biopsy. Uh, and finally, a congenital melanocytic nevus. Um, the path pathophysiology involves a disruption of normal growth, development, and, and migration of melanoblasts, which migrate from neural crest to various parts of the body. A giant congenital melanocytic nevus is one that is greater than 20 centimeters. And overall, the risk of melanoma in this population is less than 3% compared to 0.6% in the general population. And uh, kind of uh, non-intuitive fact is that surgical treatment of giant congenital melanocytic nevus does not reduce the risk of melanoma. This seems to be an intrinsic property of patients that develop these lesions. And there you have it. That's our review of melanoma for our Quick Hit series. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. As a plastic surgeon with a unique vision for each patient, the more options you have at your fingertips, the better. Natrell is one of the portfolios available to you. To learn more, visit natrellsurgeon.com.